0: Good afternoon world. It is June. It is sunny and it is time for the Evolution Podcast. I am your host as always, Mr. V. Today we have episode 1, My Evolution with Edutainment. Thank you all for tuning in. Today we're going to be going through a bit of a history lesson of my own school career as it pertains to technology use in the classroom and multimodality function in terms of how it helped me to learn. Uh, We have a special guest coming in afterwards, more on that later, Um, but uh, other than that, let's get started. Okay, so let me begin. Um, First of all, I like to start every episode with a joke, so on that note, here we go. Uh, There's two muffins in an oven, and one leans over to the other one and says, holy cow, it's hot in here, and the other muffin turns and he says, holy cow, it's a talking muffin. Boom. And there we have it. Um, yeah. So I got a full onslaught of dad jokes. Uh, anyone that knows me knows that that's the truth. You can come ask me for one anytime you like. Um, and yeah, to be honest, this uh, whole podcast thing is a little bit nerve-wracking. It's um, just, you know, having something to say, needing to say something all the time is uh is a little bit not stressful, but it's it can weigh weigh on you. Um luckily for you guys, uh the good news and bad news for our listeners today is I like to talk. So if I get rambly, please just uh you know call in, comment in, and just tell me, hey, knock it off and get down to business, will we? Um so with that being said, let's uh let's start from the top. So, edutainment. When you talk about edutainment, um, key factors being We're trying to get a message across to young learners. We're trying to convey a message and get some education in there. We wanna make it fun, we wanna make it interactive, we wanna make it uh, using technology. And I think for me, the very first thing I think of when I think of edutainment would have to be, have been popular mechanics for kids. Um, The TV show, it was on every single morning, eight to eight-thirty roughly, I think. Um, That's where Alicia Cuthbert got her start. Um, Jay Baruchel and Tyler something or other sorry Tyler forgot your name there Uh, but for me as a young kid it was a great way to learn about science about machines about the human body uh, about all kinds of different things you know I remember they I was big into hockey as a kid and they went into the Toronto Maple Leafs dressing room and they went through a game day routine with some of the players Um, and I always remember you know one of the guys telling a story about how he had a scoop of ice cream every game day and went for a nap and that always stuck with me but even such things like um, you know science experiments or learning that you know mirrors are actually made from sand that's actually um, blasted and and formed into a a mirror Um, like things like that just seem to just always stick with me these cool fun facts um, learning about science about the body about um, you know how sea world works or just so many different things and I remember being so fascinated with that show even though it wasn't quite an interactive piece it uh it was something I could watch in the morning and it was not just mindless television I found that it was very entertaining they had a lot of uh uh, younger guests on um that were suited to the way I wanted to learn and it actually helped me a lot in school at at a younger age this is an elementary school for sure um and so it was a, a, a way for me to kind of warm up for school, to be honest with you. I'd get up, and I, I never was a, a fan of early mornings as a kid, but, you know, here I am sitting in front of the TV, maybe eating some cereal or something. And, um, shout out Shout out to uh, Frosted Flakes and Corn Pops, because they were my best friend in the morning. Um, and watching Popular Mechanics for Kids, watching these, these, uh, these three young minds that were not that much older than me, but, you know, watching them go through um, different, um, different opportunities to learn and excel. And, um, it was just so cool for me to, to be exposed to that at a young age because I really found a lot of benefit from it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's definitely the first, first thing I think of when I think of edutainment, when something that was actually meant for, um, meant for educational purposes um it actually taught me so much and again got me warmed up for school and and you know the standards will always exist sesame street and um barney and friends and all those kind of things will always exist but those are uh, I, truthfully i don't remember many of those episodes but popular mechanics for kids as i was getting to grade six grade seven grade eight was a huge deal for me uh helped me uh prepare better for for school It actually geared me, I think, towards a a career in sports and uh an educational career in an undergrad study in kinesiology and biomechanics. So thank you, Popular Mechanics for Kids. Shout out PMK. They had one of the best intros ever. If you're able to YouTube it, um to look it up. They had the the kinetic uh, steel balls as well. They had a, a roller coaster. It was just so, so cool to see that kind of stuff. So that's where For me, the starting point was in terms of uh, learning to love education and entertainment intertwined. Okay, next up, smart boards. Wow, were these things a hit with me in high school. Do you hear the crickets? I'm just kidding. I think we actually used this thing once um, in my entire four years in high school. It was uh, such a overblown thing i thought and i was so much more about textbooks and and uh you know playing chess or playing sports that when i heard about the smart board i thought okay that just seems like a giant computer that goes in the classroom It can help you with with slope and learning all those grade nine and grade ten algebraic expressions that everyone loves so much um which i know i didn't but um, yeah, I just kind of kept hearing about the smart board, the smart board, the smart board. And to be honest, I, I used it one time. And it was basically just to project a, a YouTube video that a teacher wanted to show us for about 15 minutes. And that's basically all we used it for. Now, fast forward to my career, um, starting as a young, uh, a young up-and-coming you know, supply teacher. I uh, finally got some work to do in the private boards. And this particular school was a school that's very well to do and every single class has a smart board in it so when I showed up having never even basically seen or used the thing maybe in you know close to 10 years I show up and uh, the teacher had le- left instructions for me to oh just play a video for the kids on a on the smart board and then the homework is in this file on the desktop and you know, myself not really being too familiar with it, had to ask one of the children for help in um, actually navigating the smart board itself. So it became a bit of a a thing where I was learning uh, on the fly, baptism by fire, as they say. uh, And I came to see the... see. I came to have more of an appreciation for the smart board itself once I was more privy to it. Um, I think that... uh, after the fact I recognize that they are actually a powerful tool and ever since then, that was about two years ago, ever since then I've been using them in my practicum and my placements uh, and seeing the benefits of them whether it's you know projecting something to have uh, to have a, a grid map drawn up that way kids can learn, younger kids can learn shapes and geometry or you know the older kids can uh, can talk through slope or um, line of best fits, things like that. Graphing equations, it's been great for that. Even just to show them YouTube clips, um, to show them videos, uh, to play interactive games. I know the, the motion sensors, uh, they have the capacity now to have kids basically set up like a, a Nintendo Wii where they can stand in front of the board and and go through challenges and use movement patterns as, as I'm leaning into more of the physical education department. I see a lot of value in these smart boards going forward, and I I like what I see. To be honest, I think that they're still maybe a little bit too aggressive and clunky. I guess it's just because they have a lot of technology in them, I guess, embedded, and just the fact that they cannot be really moved around class to class uh, that easily, I guess, as a laptop. But at the same time, they have a huge screen that comes with it. So there's benefits and drawbacks to, to everything, I guess. And going forward, I definitely can see myself using the smartboard more often as I get more comfortable with it, and learning finding ways to to simplify. And I, I don't I personally don't believe in overcomplicating education. I think that kids need to learn in their own ways. And every every child, every student you deal with is uh, that comes into your classroom is a different different human. Uh, they respond to different things in different ways, and they're going to you're going to have to find a way to get the most out of them in different ways every single day, possibly. So uh, find out what works, I believe a lot in, in keeping kids confident, as confident as they can be. And now, to be honest, I'm starting to sound like this is a bit of a job interview, so I'm gonna stop and just continue on with the episode. But yeah, there you have it. That's my thought on smart boards. And now, fresh off her afternoon walk, lunchtime break, it is special guest. Drum roll, please. My wife. Bah, 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 bah. Good afternoon, dear. How are you?
1: I'm good. I wish you would introduce me to people like that more often.
0: Um, maybe I should just record podcasts more often. How about that? That could work. This is great because I think that we actually have a we have a, a good chemistry. I mean, I should. Hope I so. should hope so. I should hope so. Like and we love to joke around and keep it funny you are hilarious thank you okay. and i let the,
1: let the viewers know
0: and i am just a little bit funnier so it's uh it works very well uh, i started the episode with a dad with a dad joke i wanted Correct. you to know i i wasn't too happy about it i needed to redeem myself so i need your help i'm going to tell a couple and then you we're going to have the listeners possibly vote on the best one afterwards okay how's that okay uh number one why do seagulls fly by the sea
1: I know the answer, but I'll let you. I'll let you have your dad. Uh, because
0: if they flew by the bay, they would be bagels. Boom. Uh, so yeah, number two. Um, knock knock. Who's
1: there? Uh,
0: interrupting cow. <laughs> interrupting Moo! cow. Moo. <laughs> I'm on fire. On a roll. Two in a row. We're gonna keep it there. Uh, we're gonna keep the people wanting more. Okay. Right. Give the people what they want, but then always leave them a little wanting, a little bit of a taste. You know. Okay. Dear, point of the show, point of the episode today is my history with edutainment, as it's called in the field. I know you're not in this particular field, but I know you have a lot of experience that I don't have with a particular PC game, Uh, Carmen Sandiego. Now, I know uh, uh, all I'm seeing of it lately is, you know, what you tell me, but I've also seen that they've started a show on Netflix, um, where there's going to be episodes, is that right? I believe so. So... Yeah, I mean, what can you tell me about this PC game? Because it's gonna help my pedagogy and practice going forward, but it's also gonna help me submit this assignment on time, which is gonna be great. So talk to me a little bit about where in the world is Carmen San Diego.
1: Um, you could not have picked a better game to put an assignment on on edu- edutainment, what is it called? Edutainment? edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah. Um so where in the world Is Carmen San Diego is a game, a a computer game that my sister and I were obsessed with growing up. Um, And so the premise of the game is you have San Diego Carmen San Diego, sorry, who uh, is is a thief and
0: she's a woman. She's a woman. Okay.
1: Red ensemble, red hat, red coat. She just you know you never actually see her face though, just like the shadow of her mouth and chin. It's very mysterious. Um, Okay. So she's a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Lady like, in red, that sure. Like the song. Close, but not quite, because she it. steals everything. Got it. Um, so where in the world in Carn San Diego is the premise is you are part of this team that needs to find this world renowned thief, and there are clues that you receive that have either historical facts or land like geographic facts like landmarks, and you need to either you either know it or you research it either we used to have our little globe that we would look at or Nerd. or yeah my sister was pretty smart in that stuff cuz she was a couple of years older than me so she just knew the answers um and you would have to go and guess where that place is and see if she if that's where she was if that's where she had been and so then you go and you talk to different like you have to click on different people to ask them questions they would give you more facts um they either be like oh no we haven't seen her like i don't know what you're talking about so you knew you were in the wrong place and you had to guess again so um It was. We spent hours playing that game.
0: Okay, so this was not something you did in school, is what you're saying. You did this at home as a supplemental. Yes. Yes. Um, Do you think your teachers would have would have allowed this to happen if you guys had like your own computers or anything like that? If you went to the library, like, and you know, in our day, I know going to the library was like the only time we could use the computers at school. Yeah. So do you think that that would have been a thing if you were allowed to? I
1: think now in today's today's technological climate climate definitely like I know with us in school like I think we had one one computer until I was in like grade eight where we actually had a computer lab which was five computers so I think now given just like the accessibility of technology in schools smart boards like actual computer labs that are real and students even just having their own technology that they can bring into the classroom like I, I think it would definitely be something that is beneficial of just kind of take it's just fun like you take the things that you learned in class or things you haven't learned yet and you are able to apply it in a way that is fun it's a game you don't really feel like you're in school it wasn't until we started talking about it at home you and me Mm -hmm. that I realized how much I actually learned throughout that Yeah, playing that game and and other games too
0: and now explain to me what level of education you've achieved because i think you have a is it two masters you have i have two masters degrees and your sister that you said you played with all the time she has what she has a phd cool so none
1: of those in where in the world is carlos
0: San Diego? but yeah neither of them are in geography or history no but point being is that supplemented your knowledge base um, and helped you you both refine your skills first of all you're geographical historical acquisition of facts and all that kind of stuff but also your ease of use with computers uh your comfort and confidence with technology that kind of thing absolutely so would you say that on a scale of one to ten how would you rate how much that game helped you um you know kind of refine your process how much would you how much would you say that the game helped you become a more refined student scale one to ten
1: like, that game specifically, alone, in that area of just, like, history, geography, and things like that, like, probably, like, a like a 7, 7 to an 8, but, like, I think, like, talking about edu- edutainment in, in general, like, we also had a lot of math computer games, we also had, like, that are along the similar line. so I think, like, playing computer games like that, mm-hmm. educational games in, in general, definitely brought us up to, like, an 8 or a 9,
0: because
1: okay. I was also doing things... Yeah. At a different level than my sister because she was playing her computer games and I would sit in and, and be doing things with her, so things like that. Right. Um
0: so yeah, it sounds like it helped you. That's huge because that's exactly what we're learning in uh in our um in our schooling right now and getting our our Bachelor of Education. So it's good to know that this stuff is at least is working or has been working for a long oh, time. Yeah. Market research. Yeah, it's good.
1: And I think it's Bring back Reader Rabbit.
0: Reader Rabbit, yeah. That's uh, a whole other story. We'll get into that later. Can that be another episode? Yeah, possibly Perfect. another episode. Um, Alex, thank you so much for being with me, working from home together uh, in the same office and completing this task for me. One last question. Ask me. Uh, it's been of extreme importance on my mind all day long. Um, what is for dinner?
1: What are you making
0: okay that's a follow-up question what are you making for dinner let me be more specific i will help i need a plan and we'll go from there pasta okay not my favorite but we're gonna make it work i think you'll be okay okay i'm gonna add to it okay thank you very much um alex my wife everybody Okay, last topic I wanted to touch on today, social media. Now, this is a pretty important topic. I know that there's, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's polarizing this topic of of social media and how it affects kids and students and what it does to their attention spans and how it puts them kind of out there when maybe they're not ready or um, mature enough to be out there. Having said that, I want to put, for the record, I fully agreed with this. at the the beginning of this curve because I was I was the one on MSN until, you know, late night. Um I was the one who who was on Facebook and scrolling and, and liking and on Twitter and Instagram and everything and now TikTok. Uh I've kind of seen this whole thing begin and kinda refine itself. I do think that there are many positives when it comes to social media, I must be honest. I think that kids anywhere will or anybody not just kids they'll, they'll take sort of a good thing or something that was meant for good and you know overdo it or get addicted and eventually too much of anything is not an is not good so having said that i think that there's so much good to be done with <clears throat> with social media especially in terms of building your own brand for for the purposes of building your career and getting hired later on in life and 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 working the way you want to work i think that I'm a huge believer in a man named Gary Vaynerchuk. He has a lot of, of great things to say about social media and how to use it and for your benefit and how to spread kindness throughout the world and, and, and love and care throughout the world. I think that it's a huge message and he's doing very good work. So let me just say that um, the only way... Here's how I feel about it. The only way people ever learned talking from the beginning of time until now, the only way people ever learned was by studying the works of others and eventually putting it to practice and learning and experimenting themselves. Nowadays, information, if you know where to find it online and on social media, it's there for everybody and it's free. And this scares a lot of people in the older generation. And it also confuses a lot of kids in the younger generation, I feel, because they just don't know the difference they don't know how to sift through information and what's right and what's real and what's just wrong and and fake news so it becomes more of a question of can they process it properly can you process information properly I think that's the biggest evolution that's going to come in terms of students uh, and their mindset going forward it's such an important thing though I think to be to be able to build your own brand uh, what you're sharing on social media um, to be polite, to be respectful, to be a professional, to have integrity, um, to be kind to people, because that comes back to you. I'm a full believer in good karma, and that comes back to you uh, tenfold. And uh, if you put yourself out there, you, you know, you, you go above and beyond for people. Usually, they're willing to reciprocate, and in ways that you don't even know. So, uh, you know, not to get too idealistic or religious or anything like that but i believe that god is good and if you put good out into the world you're going to get it back so the way the social media works like this is you know not by bullying and not by oppressing and and everything that goes in in with that evil It's actually the opposite of you know liking someone's picture commenting hey you look good today or hey that's a really nice sweater i like your haircut or Hey, I was just at this mall. like how is the food there, or something that 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 creates positive interactions instead of hate and spreads more um, anxiety about being online. I think that social media is where we are in the world right now. There's no denying that um, and the sooner that these these students can learn about how to build a positive legacy for themselves and a positive um, platform for themselves online. <clears throat> the The better equipped they're going to be for when it comes time for an interview and and or you know starting their their lives because employers people at the next level they're always going to look at least in our field and they're always going to look oftentimes at your social media profiles and and how they're looking and what kind of message you're sending out into the world so if you can do a good job of creating a positive presence for yourself online, I think that you have a very good uh, chance of being successful in in any career, and that's just the truth in general. I think that if you're, if you're a good person, people want to work with you. When people want to work with you, um, you create a buzz about yourself, and you end up spreading positivity throughout the world, and uh, even if it's in a small circle, that, that spreads because you put people in a better mood, they put other people in a better mood, and things just it's a it's a domino effect from there. I, I truly firmly believe that, and that's to be honest why I got started in uh, in school in this teachers college program. Um, I was a professional hockey player for for a few years, and um, I kind of all I ever wanted to do was play hockey uh, and coach hockey. And and when it came to when it came to going to school visits uh, in uh, usually in smaller hockey towns, and you'll go to you go to to schools in the area to. Kind of get them to come out to your games and support the team, but to do that, you ha- you go into the school communities and you read to the to younger children, or you um, you become kind of like a mentor to to younger students who are looking for for not not necessarily heroes. I don't think I'm a hero of any kind of any by any means, but just someone to to be a role model and someone that they can you know follow and cheer for when you know represent their their hometown or their home school, whatever it is. And I actually fell in love with with going to the school visits and interacting with the children and seeing their faces light up when you know when our when the players would would walk into the into the room into the school it was it was a cool day and very cool to be a part of. I recognized fully that teaching itself in as a profession might not be like that every single day, but if I'm young and I'm enthusiastic and I stay positive, I believe that my students will respond in positive ways as well. And uh, that's the way I'm always gonna feel about it. That's the way I felt about it until this until today, up until today. So <clears throat> hopefully that continues. Um, yeah. Last but certainly not least, I wanted to explain to those listeners out there why exactly this podcast episode is even happening or even airing. Um, and it's because I'm currently getting my bachelor of education, I'm working through a course called New Media Literacies and the professor was was great enough to allow us to submit an assignment in uh multimodality form and so this podcast is a way for me to get my message across and tell my story of how technology and edutainment uh, evolved me as a student and as a learner and eventually in my opinion groomed me to be a positive role model um a leader of integrity, ideally, I hope to be, and um, or I hope that I am, I should say, and a positive example for students um, that I'll be fortunate enough to teach in the future. And I know that sounds like it's kind of scripted, but the truth is the truth, and I, I firmly believe that I have a duty to to students out there, whoever I come in contact with, to to be a positive influence and to to make them more confident, not necessarily. Um, to lie to them, you know, because I still believe in holding, holding people accountable. I, I believe strongly in responsibility and and uh, taking ownership of of your life. I think that people who play victims, uh, they have a tough time in life because a lot of times they are looking for answers outwardly, as opposed to drawing from within and and looking to resolve their problems from within. And I believe that when you take responsibility for actions, you give yourself the power to change situations, to improve situations. And when you're constantly looking to blame others, you give them the power to change situations. So I think that I want to be a positive role model for students everywhere uh, going forward. And this podcast is just a way for, for me to... Not begin my career, but continue my career and refine my career and my pedagogy and my practice in the classroom and in life in general, really, I think that uh, when you 're a positive person, you are optimistic and you 're enthusiastic and you 're just grateful when you when you 're grateful for the day, everything else begins to fall into place, and you know not necessarily that every day is easy um, but you find ways to sift through all the chaos and find the things that are um, the best parts of your day and you build those and before you know it you're you're simply noticing the the good parts of your day because you're focused on them and only them and moving forward in a growth mindset and you know all these other buzzwords that you know us teachers we like to use but it's the truth and I firmly believe that this podcast episode is is uh, me kind of putting it on the line or at least starting to uh, in terms of what I believe in and I'd love to chat with some of you out there if you're listening and you want to tune in or you want to be uh, part of the next episode please don't hesitate to reach out Um, and uh, yeah thank you just want to thank you so much for listening and and tuning in and hopefully that I I brought a little bit of a, a bright spot to your day I know I'm long winded I know I love to talk I know I have a lot of dad jokes um, but the truth is uh I am very comfortable with uh with who I am and and the life that I live, which is a testament to the people around me because they do a great job of of making me a very confident person so i, I feel like I want to do that for for students and for people that i you know for younger minds that I work with and even colleagues that I work with I want to do a better job of spreading care, spreading kindness spreading love and and optimism and and make this world truly a better place, even if it's one person at a time. Um, Just just do a a job that way. So as I said, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.